Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into episode 14 of Connected by Seams podcast. I'm Seth Smith, once again joined by Garrett Smith and Danny Espinoza. And yeah, episode 14, it's flying by, man. Wow. Uh, Here we are, fellas, another week, another episode. This one with founder and CEO of Popular Nobody and renowned celebrity barber, John Mosley. John, you and Danny, uh, or excuse me, Danny... Uh, you having that connection prior with John, uh, sharing that friendship for years now. It was fun for G and I to uh, join that connection and get to know him. Um, and, and thanks for to you for setting that up because that was a, a heck of a conversation with him. Um, John's worked with the likes of Kendrick yeah, Lamar, uh, toured with Rihanna and Eminem, yeah. but kind of started all with you, Danny. So that was pretty awesome. No, it was pretty cool. I mean, like, to have him on there was just like hanging out in the barbershop, which I really enjoyed. I mean, that's the barbershop feel you have. And you heard how he was. He's a cool-ass dude. He works with some big-time people. And, um, you know, it's a guy that, fortunately, I've known for a long time. And he's cut my hair since I was really young. What hair? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, there you go. That's the better question. What hair? I got more hair <laughs> on my face than I do on my head. <laughs> <laughs> so you have more um, more hair on so, your face than most uh, people have on their head. Very true. That is, that's very true. So <laughs> it was just great to have him. What a great personality to have on. Just I mean, what an easy interview. Um, really enjoyed having him on there. Yeah, very personable. Like you said, just kind of that barbershop barber feel, and and you guys will hear it in the interview. But he just. So much is just wanting that connection of a real life connection, a friendship, a human to human interaction, you know, and not really kind of putting in anyone above anyone else, just treating everyone the same and, and just a, a really good vibing conversation. Um, I thought so as well. Um, but on that note, shoot, we, uh, <laughs> of course, the, the one time we all want to get into NBA, uh, NBA does not want us to get into them. Uh, NBA went through a little bit. They don't want anybody to get into it. They went into a little bit of an <laughs> uncertainty stage there, so we got put on hold a little bit. I know, G, your team, the Clippers, have, it, have advanced in our uh, random hat picks. Uh, Danny, like both teams were swept out. Uh, the Clippers have moved on. I know the Lakers moved on. No one has them. Uh, I'm in a dogfight, though. Jamal Murray and the Denver Nuggets just surviving, uh, pushing <laughs> a seventh game against Utah, and then my Rockets leading OKC 3-2 uh, to two in that series as well. Uh, as we uh, see what's going to happen here in the NBA um, Finals run, I know myself, I'm still trying to figure out what the heck I want to make you two uh, do when my team advances the farthest here. So I know let's, it's going to be fun. Let's get through the rest um, of the season. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just it. Speak too soon. Whoever goes farther, right? So we didn't say oh, who wins on. it all. No, <laughs> stop and stop. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we'll keep everyone updated on that. But again, uh, that's where we stand on our uh, NBA picks. And now we, uh, we move right into uh, our highs and lows um we talk about you know our highs that that we may have had during the week and with the high also comes a, a maybe a, a lower two 
of our past week. We'll catch up with each other and anything new or good or bad that, that may have happened over um, the weeks here. So whoever wants to share, uh, whoever wants to get us, get us going. Yeah, get us started. Yeah, let's hear it. I got you going so low. Still haven't heard if I've been qualified for a loan for my house in Arizona. So we're still waiting on that one because <laughs> they're just giving out loans everywhere. But for whatever the hell the reason is, we can't get a little one. But <laughs> anyways, we're going to go to my high. High is I'm driving out right now with my cousin. We're going to go down to El Centro, do a little dove hunting. We got doves. Oh, hell yeah. By the time people, by the time people wake up in the morning, we'll be shooting doves out of the sky. And um, for I know you guys know, but my uncle passed away a couple, you know, a month or so ago, and so a couple months ago, and my cousin and I were going to go out there and uh, pay him a visit and have a beer with him and say hi, you know. So it'll be it'll be good. Oh, that sounds that's perfect, awesome. man. Yeah. Well, that stuff starts early. What time? I mean, four or five. What time you guys go up there, or what time you get that started? Well, uh, so, I don't know. It's sun up probably six a.m. roughly, and you can shoot thirty minutes before sun up. That's when opening time is. I gotta check what time sun up is, but we'll probably be up at five drinking coffee. Yeah, I maybe, uh, maybe beer. I probably won't be. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah, no, 5 a.m. morning beer. Nothing wrong with that. No, no don't judge. <laughs> no way. No way, don't especially judge. after, uh, especially after my weekend. Though. Yeah, shout out yeah. 805 there. Yeah. Um, 805. Dude, I could, shout uh, out Miller I, Yeah, we can't see you right now, but <laughs> typically that's what we get to uh, see you sipping on is a, a good Miller or two. <laughs> but shoot i'll use that right into uh my highs and low my highs um ever since you know you guys know playing sports then working in sports working in the restaurant weekends if i get a weekend off it's like holy cow what am i gonna do uh if i have like a saturday off or a sunday it just rarely happens um and this weekend it did to where I had um, a full Saturday, Sunday off and headed out to the river. Um, oh, you did go? Yeah. Oh. Ended up going, just spontaneously drove out with some uh, good friends and headed out there. Um, quick, easy drive, stopped by Portillo's on the way. Um, any pasties? Did you see any pasties this weekend? No pasties, unfortunately. No pasties. Um, but yeah, that was my high. It was great. It had been years since I'd been out there. So, uh, it was perfect, uh, to head out there quick, awesome trip. Um, with that also comes my low. It was a near disaster. Um, we had spent, uh, I don't know, seven, eight hours on the water. Perfect. Day. Over. Uh -oh. you know, we're taking a couple pictures, you know, catching the sunset. We're right out in front of like the boat launch area. And next thing you know, wakeboard boat goes by. A couple of huge wakes come into the boat. We're hearing and yelling, we got to go. Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. We all had to jump out of the boat. Our shit's no. floating. The back of the boat is like underwater. We're like <laughs> scooping water out with an ice chest. We have people helping us, yelling what? us. There's a fucking yard sale of stuff down the river. There's sandwiches in the water. There's... Dude, it's you, craziness. Did you go with the parents? Yeah. I wasn't oh going to tell God. you. I wasn't going to tell you because I wanted the raw reaction. Oh, my God. Um, the boat was completely underwater in the back, dude. Like, 
I was, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy. We had to get mom on a separate boat. Um, she was trying to help from afar. There was people in the water. I was trying to help in the back. Mark was in with a cooler trying to scoop it all out. Mark's biggest fear. Um, Oh my gosh, dude. It got to a point and I saw Mark's face. He was, he was like defeat. He was like, Oh shit. Like, because like, with it, like, like four other boats, like came over to like, try and help us. You know what I mean? But with that, they also brought on more water and it was like, right. no, go away, go away. So then they're, they speed off and it just shoots more water. And I kid you not, the back oh. was, the back what, was completely they, like, underwater. Why didn't they tie up the back of the boat to theirs to keep it up? Try to keep we, it up a little bit. We tried to tie it so that we could like try and get oh hold to like God. get it out. And all it did was just submerge it more and take on more water. Yeah. We then had to like yeah. stop. We luckily like pulled it to the side Oh my gosh, dude. It was absolutely nuts. So after everything, I think we lost like three pairs of sandals. I don't know, three or four hats, uh, a dress, a uh, hydro flash, all kinds of things that someone found down, that all, someone found down river. I'm sure just chilling, got smacked with a hydro. Um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, all oh, that I do stuff, wear a size 12. Yeah, all, all right. that stuff is easily replaceable. <laughs> Uh, at the end of the day, we are all all right, and kudos to um, Garrett and I's stepdad, Mark. He actually got the boat to turn over. Uh, oh, it actually worked. Uh, it, yeah, uh, to an extent. There's there's no way it's going <laughs> back in the water, but it was it turned over and hard work, and kudos to Mark for for That's doing that. That's crazy. But all in all, a heck of a weekend. That was that was my low, and and of course it was literally after an eight hour day perfect on the water the boat ran perfect like we were just taking pictures literally we have a video and like 90 seconds later we were underwater people were having to <clears> scram <throat> um luckily we saved like phones wallets, so you IDs, didn't take stuff. you didn't take the time to to document this for dude i had no time instagram no come on that should be the first thing in your mind for for save the boat or shoot a story uh, you're shoot right. a story this is 2020 come on yeah you're right i wasn't ready dude (laughs) i like blacked out i don't even know if i jumped in the water if i fell in the water like i don't even know what i did i'm Um, glad you guys are alive yeah yeah i'm glad you made it i'm i'm glad you guys were where you were oh man if you weren't anywhere else no knowing how it is out there yeah you're toast yep Um, hey did you stay on your bike this week so uh i did um but of course oh no i i did that was gonna be one of my my highs here my high just uh overall weekend was uh i danny you actually posted something about eating outside in parking lots and shit but down in the plaza right now with all the restaurants having all their shit out there i kind of enjoyed it uh we went down there and, and ate dinner yeah and uh, i've heard that from was, numerous of people it was actually i do i I kind of hope that's how, the, that's how the circle should be all the time now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Sure. And that's what I, I, I would sign that in a heartbeat. Um, so yeah, yep. no, my high was, was that. And the fact that I got to go out for uh, a, a couple rides this weekend. Um, and I found some sick little new trails that extends the, the existing one that I go to, uh, down back in, uh, Santiago Oaks, but, uh, yeah. had a great time found it on saturday and then went back sunday morning and 
it, it extends down a good ways. And then about halfway up that climb, uh, my chain snapped. Uh, <laughs> so I'm halfway through the ride. And it's like a 10 mile ride and uh, halfway through the ride and halfway up the, the, I guess it's the second climb, my chain snapped. So I had to uh, huff it back up the hill. And then luckily, like, there's some good downhill sections after that. But, dude, it fucking sucked. Like, <laughs> having having to go on a hike when you were expecting to go mountain biking is not fun. Yeah, yeah you're not um, in the mindset. Let's, hey, let's go. Let's go Sunday. I'm in on Sunday. Let's go. I won't be here. Uh, I'll go Monday. Friday? Let's go Monday. I'm I'll going be, to Big Okay, well, on Monday, I'm going to do it off the 133 there. Oh, okay. Um, hey, the moneymaker's oh, looking shoot. a lot better, dude. Oh, thank you. Yeah, my yeah. scab finally came off. Yeah. Uh, my lips. My lips have, like, little permanent little kind of scar tissue or something. I bite them every now and then on accident. Freaking hurts like a bitch. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, everything's coming back. Coming back the I stayed on the bike. That was the number one goal. And uh, now the mechanical issues. But I uh, got all that shit fixed up tonight. So I think I'm going to ride in tomorrow. Oh. Hell yeah. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. Well, look at that. That's actually a pretty good highs and lows right there. We had a good mix. Some good stories. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, solid week. Um, hopefully uh, more to come as, as we move along here. But again, episode 14, John Mosley, co- uh, founder and CEO of Popular Nobody, renowned celebrity barber. Uh, we'll send it to the interview with him now. Enjoy. All right. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome into Connected by Seams podcast. Excited to be back as we are joined today by the 2019 BarberCon Educator of the Year, the founder and CEO of Popular Nobody and renowned celebrity barber, John Mosley. Absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for joining. How are you? Man, I appreciate you guys reaching out. I'm excited to do this. It's just, to me, it's go time, man. Whenever it's, I'm always honored when people reach out to me and want to get my perspective on life and hear, hear where I'm at. So thank you guys. Hey, a pleasure is ours, man. That that call was uh, set up by Danny. Um, you two actually kind of go back a number of years uh, before we kind of get into everything. We can just start with that. You you two, it's been a while. So if you uh, one of the two want to well, take the floor or both. Well, yeah, I'll just start it just by saying he can finish the rest of it. But, you know, <laughs> the podcast being called Connected by Seams, being in college, playing baseball, that this is who cut my hair and gave me a haircut for ten dollars when I had didn't have shit, you know. When I had no money, when I had nothing, this is where I could go. This is where all the guys went. All everyone on the Long Beach State team, we went to John. John cut our hair, and yeah. he and he took care of us. And um, you know, I'll let him. I'll let him tell the rest. Yeah, that shit was crazy. Like, at the, can can I say shit on here? Yes, please. You can say whatever you want. Yeah. Okay, cool. so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. To, you know, I just had to make sure. I like that. <laughs> Professional. Yeah. yeah, so <laughs> it, it, the shit was crazy, man. Like, it felt like I was like the Long Beach State Athletics Department. Like, somebody wrote my number in the bathroom stall in somewhere. <laughs> and it was like, everybody would hit me up. So it's like, I got the whole baseball team on one day, and then I got the basketball team the next day. And it was just crazy that, uh, you know, how it worked. And uh, Manny was always one of the cool ones. You know, we, we just vibe different. We just talk to each other different, closer than anybody else that he brought in or came in solo. 
even like that with the basketball team. Like you always find that one person out of the whole team that you vibe with different and shit. Here we are today still vibing. Yeah. So, I mean, basically what happened is that one of my buddies told me to jump in there when I was real young and I went in there and, um, you know, we were talking and I knew that in the big leagues, having known a couple of the guys that had played in the big leagues prior to, to me being at Long Beach State had said, oh, we got barbers. We know we got barbers that come in the clubhouse. You don't do shit. You know, they bring you your food, your barber, cut your hair in the clubhouse. I mean, it's great. So I told John, I said, one day if I ever make it to the big leagues, I was like, I'll bring you, I'm going to bring you in the clubhouse. And oh, so yeah. 2010, um, I get called up. 2011, we come to San Diego. 2011, um, I call him. I'm like, yo, you're like, you ready to go? I was like, we're in San Diego. You're going to cut everyone's hair on the big league team. And he's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so he fucking drives down, to, he drives down to San Diego and cuts everyone's hair. I mean, Ian, Desmond, Jason, it didn't matter who it was. I mean, he might have cut literally the entire team. Yeah, I think I did and, that. Day. Jason Worth got his right. haircut? Trim. Yeah, he gets he does. He pulls his hair up and he gets like a little under uh, a one inch undercut. Yeah. And so he cuts her hair. Everyone loves him. So from there we're going to Anaheim, right? Yeah. Goes to Anaheim, cuts our hair in Anaheim. Um dude, Dodger every, Stadium. Yeah, at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> everyone loves him. And so um I think that off season was the NFL Combine, right? And Rob McDonald called you? Hell yeah. <laughs> so Rob McDonald, the secretary of the Nationals, knows everybody in the NFL combine. They call and they say, hey, do you have a barber that can come cut our hair? And he says, dude, we have a guy named John Mosley. Send him out. So he gets in touch with John, gets him there. And then ever since, as guys start leaving Washington, you know, Desi signs a contract. This guy goes signs a contract. They've stayed in touch with John, and they just bring him now everywhere. And obviously, he's got everybody else. You know, he's got <laughs> huge, you know, huge names, but – that's, That's like how the ultimate networking. Bruh, yeah, uh, you, it's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I always, when people always ask me, like, how did I get into Major League Baseball? Like, a uh, uh, hundred bucks. Like, I, Danny can tell you, he jumped on a live one day as I was talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Him not even being on there. You know, because I always, <laughs> I always, like, so many people pump fake. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, I just hard work. And, uh, no, motherfucker. <laughs> like, somebody helped you. Yeah. And give that person the damn credit who helped you. And it was like, not even the fact that he just helped me, he kept his word. As a man, that's like, he kept his, his word and he was like, when I make it, you made it with me. And I'm like, shit, alright, cool. You know what I mean? <laughs> he told me that before, but he was one of the ones that said, nah, I got you. And it, and it worked out that way. And it's like, uh, once, once I got in there, I never charged Danny. I was like, nope, you can't pay me, bro. Like, I don't want to get paid by you because you gave me the ultimate payment. Now it's up to me to do whatever else I got to do to fucking make this work. And then I just turned around and when uh, I cut, I, he gave me an opportunity to cut Bryce and, and build a relationship with Bryce. You know what I mean? And so, like, all these guys, and like you said, when they all went to different teams, I stayed connected with them as a friend. I didn't, like, let me just cut your hair. I would just check on you. Like, hell, what's up? You all right? How's the family? Blah, blah, blah. And, and that skill set, that soft skill set over my hard skill set of cutting hair is what got me in, intertwined, connected by the seams. You know what I mean? Um, that, was, that was literally how it happened. And so, like, me and Desi are still friends. Uh, Gio Gonzalez, you know what I mean? Like, all these guys, uh, 
Denard Spann called me when he went to San Francisco and I would fly up to San Fran to cut Denard. I still talk to Denard. Uh, me and Desi still talk. Desi hooked me up with Colorado. So I was flying back and forth to Colorado, uh, cutting those guys hair. And then I would turn around and now I live 30 minutes away from Trevor's story. So now me and Trevor's story boys and like, he done bought me some gifts. Like I done gave him some stuff, you know, he's wearing, he's wearing a popular nobody face mask into the stadium. Like, you know, it's like, it's just, it's one of those things that that relationship building, bro, is more important than any money somebody can pay. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, like you said, you, you got to take advantage of that opportunity. And that's what's been cool with the guests we've had on here is not anyone's had that kind of super easy path. And, and sometimes things have happened before them, but it's up to you to fucking go and do it. Like if it's there for the grabbing, you know what I mean? Like take advantage. You could have been a shitty guy. You could have been an asshole, but obviously there was, you know, something to gravitate towards. So tip of the cap to you as well. Um, but you, uh, you bring up Trevor's story, living near him. You're out in Texas now. Uh, we talked a little bit pre-show. You're loving it. Talk about Texas, man. It's hot as hell. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's, let's put that out the way. It's when true. you go to bed and it's 80 degrees and you wake up as 100 degrees and it's like, damn, I thought the temperature from, from California, the temperature normally drops into like the seven, the 60s, yeah, right? Uh, at night. It don't drop out here. This shit stays about the same. It just, uh, right. Sun up or sun down, it's hot. Bro, oh, like, yeah. I'm like, why is it so hot at four in the morning? Like, <laughs> I, I live, I had to in, I had to put Pedialyte in my daily, like my weekly diet. Cause I'm a big dude. I'm six, six, three thirty, So I sweat a little bit, actually a lot of it. And so I had to put Pedialyte in my diet so that I could stay hydrated as a fat kid. You know what I mean? Like shit. But, um, you gotta find a way. Hey, you gotta find a way. <laughs> I'm trying to get signed by Pedialyte, bro. I, I will take a picture by like a. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm Pedialyte, holla at your boy. Tropical Punch, fruit, oh, yeah. just anything but the white. Don't send me the white. I'm yeah. good. That's no, just nasty. No, like, fish no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got time for that. But other than that, man, I love Texas. I, I love the opportunities that I have here to, to grow as a business owner to grow as a man, um, as a husband, as a father. Uh, you know, it was a big transition because most people wouldn't make that jump. I did it in three months. I made the decision and I was gone. Wow. Never looked oh, back. Shit. Yeah. So it was one of those things like if you want to get off of drugs, you just got to quit. Yeah. And that's yeah, kind of yeah. how I looked at like separating myself and, and no disrespect to any of the guys that I worked with before, but I got into this place where it's like, bro, this fish tank is keeping me the same size and I can't get no bigger. And I was doing all these major celebrities, but it's like, like, come on, man. Like you, you could do way better than this. Like you're not built to be an employee. You're built to be a boss and, yeah. and a leader. And that's what this move has enabled me to do. How, how's, how's that transition been uh, for your kids though? Like, uh, you know, for kids, for your wife, like how, how is that? I mean, like I'm, I'm looking to kind of leave and move to another state too. So what, you know, what's that like? I mean, that's outside of your business. You have a family to take care of. I mean, that's gotta be tough too. You're pulling them away from everything they've known too. So my wife, we were actually dating at the time and she lived here. Okay. And, but I had got to the point where I was like, yo, 
I'm out. And she was like, don't leave. Like, don't come and just buy another crib. Like, let's, let's figure this life out. And I'm like, nah, I'm leaving. Like, I'm about to go buy something now. And she was like, nah, just wait, wait, wait. And so um, my kids actually wanted to come. I, I, I asked them. I took them into consideration first. I probably would have moved a long time ago. But I waited and I asked my kids and I set them down and said, yo, I would love to move. And these are the reasons why, but I won't move without you guys. And they said, yeah, when they got on board, it was unique how I moved. I had all these fucking frequent flyer miles. So what I would do is when I was on the road traveling, I would stop here in Dallas and go to Home Depot, start building out their room, painting it and asking them what they wanted. And then when we moved here, I told them, don't bring it any clothes so when they got here they had their room was complete so it wasn't like a hard transition for them it was like they were able to come and go into a room that was fit for them already that's awesome wow, that's yeah, cool not a lot of cool. not a lot of parents would do that you know Hell like no. a, a lot of they might say that they talk to them and whatnot but to actually sit down and you know value their opinion and take that into consideration that's awesome yeah, man, you got to as a parent. You have to. If your yeah. children are old enough to to make decisions too, you gotta have. You gotta respect them and have those kind of conversations with them because you don't want to seem like that parent that just making That's them. Rude. Yeah. So it was one of those things. Like my son, he's crazy big. He's thirteen right now, and he's six foot. He's dunking on a ten foot court. Oh, uh, where he gets it from? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. But I don't know. <laughs> Holy cow! But you know, he I, I had him in baseball for a while for a season, and uh, he he came back out of baseball. And he was like, "No, nah, I don't want to do that." And I'm like, "No, bro. Like, let me show you some paperwork on baseball." And then he was like, "I like football, Dad." I'm like, "You know, I I, I you're telling me you want a concussion, so let me show you something different that caused cha chink." Um, look at these numbers, Mike Trout. Let's look at these guys, Aaron Judd. Like, there's a bunch of people that won't have to suffer a concussion to get this bread. And so, um, just recently, he, uh, like three days ago, he was like, Dad, I think I want to go back into baseball and still play football. I was like, Yes, back in cages. I'm texting Trevor, like, Yo, bro, (laughs) Uh, help your dog out one time. Yeah, you know, I'm excited for him because he. He on his baseball team, he didn't have the hand and eye coordination developed yet because that was his first year to hit the ball really good. But if any contact was made, he was getting on base because he was just that fast. And so he would literally get on first and then still to third. And then somebody hit a grounder and he's home. So I was like, bro, you you can make a living doing that. If he needs, if he, if, he, if shit, he's as big as me already. So if he needs anything, back in town, let me know. And I'll shit. I got so many batting gloves and gloves. I mean, batting gloves aren't gonna last until my kids get old enough to fit them. So I got so much stuff. If if he wants stuff too, just tell me. Right. He when I say he's huge, and now he got his own personal trainer. I put a gym in the garage for him and my wife. So he got an elliptical. He has a treadmill. He has the heavy bag. He has a speed bag. He has the ropes. He has a weight bench, free dumbbell. Like, they have a complete gym in the crib, and I'm like, I don't go in there. That's like fucking kryptonite to me. But <laughs> I, you know what I mean? I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. I don't like being sore. So this is that's dude right here. Oh, shit. He's as big as Danny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what I said. Look at that. 13. I'm 12. Years I was, years, 
When was the last time I saw him? That's like Danny Almonte in the Little League World Series right there, dude. Right? Uh, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> a big boy. I know. He was – was it San Diego? Yeah, but, San Diego. Our Dodger Stadium. Diego, right? Either San Diego or Dodger Stadium. I think it was San Diego. I think it was San Diego for some reason. That's awesome. Yeah. What's up, brother? What's his name? Awesome. Jalen, hold on one second. Say hello. You got to come to the mic. Hello? What up, Jalen? What's up? Do you remember Danny? No. He played at Long Beach State. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've seen so many celebrities. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is funny. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool, yeah. man. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. A little, little bit of that family life right there. You were a, you were an athlete yourself though. Played a little college football, right? Yeah, I played a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I just got tired of getting hit by grown men for free. So <laughs> I was out. I uh, so, Danny, look. Oh, sweet. Oh, oh stick. It's a Louisville slugger. Black. Where'd you? When'd you get that? Oh, were, you, were you out there and you went to the? Oh. Did you go to the complex? Uh, the prior conversation we had before the camera came on, that was like yeah. a peace offering. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> That'll help a little bit. Oh, it's sick! It's sick you got it still. <laughs> yeah, no, I kept it. Yeah. I was like, yo, this yeah. is cool. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. That's Sweet, man. Well, a little bit towards like your, your education side, you went to John Wesley Barber College in Long Beach. Um, your family, though, you, you've kind of been already rooted in the industry. Your mom and sister, both cosmetologists. Uh, what, was, what was that like growing up? Did you spend you know, your childhood in and out of salons and, and kind of early on get used to that life? Or, or how did that start? Yeah, um, it was it was very interesting because my whole family is in the hair industry. So my mom is a hairdresser. My sister is an esthetician and makeup artist and a microblader and all kind of beauty stuff. And then my other sister, she does hair on movie sets and TV shows. So cousins, aunts, everybody does hair or some form of the beauty industry. And so growing up, like I would always see my mom bringing home like money, like cash and i'm like whoo that's pretty cool and then um my sister at the age of 18 she went to london and studied at vidal sassoon in london and so Fancy. yeah that's what i said i was like mom i'm i didn't get that treatment so we got to talk about this shit <laughs> but you know um so just seeing that and then my sister was able by the age of 25 travel basically around the world twice wow. and with musicians and so I was like, there's the perfect two examples of role models if I ever got into the hair industry because one, my mother started product lines. She had her own hair show. She had her own salons. And then my sister had the celebrity side of it. And I was just like, yeah, wow. And then I went to Golden West College right there in Huntington Beach in Orange County playing college football. Um, and then I realized that it wasn't, it wasn't for me no more. Like I fell in love more with, like being a coach and giving back. So then I left the football field and I went to Barber College, but I started coaching Pop Warner. So I, I had kids from seven and I groomed them all the way up to high school to the point to where, and when they got to high school as freshmen, the high school, Lakewood High School is my alma mater. They asked me to come on to the coaching staff because I brought these kids into you know, you I, they had that connection. Yeah. 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 So it was like, yeah. it was like, yo, why don't you come coach for us? But I wouldn't, I never really had 
that much more time. I was in that I was in that transition spot in my career where I was leaving work on Saturdays to go coach and then go back to the shop to finish cutting hair. So I was like, really, really, you know, you don't you don't know what pace means when you're just grinding. So I didn't have no pace. I just knew one pace and that was go, 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 go. And so I was like, I can't do these kids like this. I can't coach them in high school because this is they need me more as a mentor than a coach. And so I decided to step back. And so a lot of those kids, I'm still cool with their families. I still talk to them. Um, one of them plays for the University of UW. Uh, Keith Taylor, he's a corner um, at the University of Washington. Um, so I'm still friends with a lot of these dudes, families, and I still talk to the kids. And, you know, and it's just like I give them guidance now. And I think that's what that helped me in the beauty industry and helped me learn how to be patient. I think teaching those kids patience taught me patience. And I think that's why I am so successful at what I do now, because I know I don't have to rush to it. It's going to come. Like, I just got to stay consistent. Yeah, that's such a positive, like, such a good side to take on things um, that can that can pan off in so many different ways, for sure. I mean, as mentioned, the you were the 2019 BarberCon Educator of the Year. I mean, it's it's always been something that's so important for you. Is there something that you know, throughout the years of doing, is there common mistakes or maybe one big one that you see just over and over that, that you, you know, you can maybe try and emphasize as like being a big deal, whether maybe it's not something like they're doing cut wise, just maybe trying to get into the industry, you know? So many people follow trends instead of being trendsetters. Be a trendsetter. Don't follow the trend. Be who you are. I'm successful because I stayed true to me. I, I, you know, you, you get into situations and you start working with companies and they try to mold you to be who they want you to be. But then it's like, no, the reason why you like me is because I'm me. Yeah, and unique, uniqueness. Yeah. yeah. And so once I realized that and I just started becoming me and then I started putting my brand, like I, what I did was I always loved baseball caps. Like I got the same hat you wearing right now. You know what I mean? Like, so I have all these baseball caps. I travel the world, so I collect hats. And so every time I would have to get on stage or take photos, they're like, oh, you can't wear a hat. You can't wear a hat. So I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to rebrand myself, and I'm going to wear a hat everywhere I go, and I'm going to wear my hat. So yeah. when I want to wear any other hat, it doesn't look any different. Yeah. And so that's literally what I did. And so now you'll see, like, my headshot is me in a popular nobody hat. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's... Like, I stayed so true to that, that people are like, I didn't realize, like, you worked with all these other companies because you had such a way of staying true to your brand. And I'm like, yeah, that's called partnerships. <laughs> like, that's yeah. Yeah. like you make partners. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, you, you know, I wanted to touch because you talk about mentoring those kids in high school and stuff. And, you know, I know that, that you did that, but also you know, when I was thinking of when you were in Paul Mitchell, right. And you're teaching young barbers, you're teaching them how to cut. I remember you said something. I was sitting there one of your classes. I'd gotten there early and they were learning to cut. And he was like, I can't show you guys. He's like, I can't show you guys everything. Like you guys have to learn how to do some of this on your own. Like, and he's like, on top of that, he's like, I'm not going to show you every trick that I have that what makes me stand out from everybody else. Right. You guys have to create it yourself. Like do you guys got to be able to do what you do best and create your best haircut. Like I'm not going to show you all my little tricks, you know, 
as, but as he said that, he was helping him go along. And so it was cool to see him sit, like I was sitting there watching him going like, man, he's helping these kids grow. Like they want help, but he's helping them grow on their own. He's not giving them the answer to everything. It's, it's like being an artist though. I mean, it is an art for one, but yeah. if you go to an art school, yeah, they give you the techniques and all the, the ins and outs. But if every artist followed the exact rules, how boring would life be? You know, everybody's got yeah. their own style. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to show you the principles, but then you got to tie the art form to the principles and you're going to come out with some amazing stuff. Like, don't be me. There's already one me. And that's what makes okay. me so unique in this, in this business. Go be you but I can help train your mind where most people spend so much time in life in the gym and they never really work on the, the muscle. That's the strongest, which is their mind. And so I look at it like if you train your mind and not just your traps and biceps, you might get a little further ahead. Man, just giving that out free deep. advice these days, man. People are going to have to start paying for this shit. I tell you what, <laughs> hey, God damn. Tell me about it. Stop the truth around here. We paused the first half of the interview there with John Mosley, um, CEO and founder of Popular Nobody. Uh, so cool to hear him right away as we even just to get spitball in there to start the conversation. Um, you kind of hear that authenticity come out um, in his, his kind of emotion and, and just talking about his connection as well as you, Danny, you guys talking about your connection with each other. When you guys had nothing, neither of you guys did. You were 18 years old, just at Long Beach State. He was just starting a barber in Long Beach. And then you guys both kind of talk about Connected by Seams, our name to its full value here in this interview of kind of what brought you two together. He credits you for getting him started with the professional athletes, with the teams, building that brand in a sense. Um, and it was just a true, genuine, you know, authentic connection that, that not only I hope I felt, but I'm sure hopefully a ton of our listeners as well that I really thought was cool. Uh, if you guys want to touch on whatever you took from that first half as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mentioned it in there that it was connected by Steve from the start, just as the sense of like, it came from baseball, um, our connection, right? I was introduced uh, to big John and, um, you know, we, we just, we clicked and, that's when he was cutting my hair for $10, you know? I didn't have money. I didn't, <laughs> shit, I didn't have anything, you know? My parents were giving me everything I had to survive in college. And um, John, you know, did all of us at Long Beach kind of a favor. And I, like I said in the interview, I told him that if I ever made it, I'd get him in the clubhouse. And when I made it, the second we came down Southern California, I put him in the clubhouse. And, um, you know, that's where the whole connection with Steam started, though, because then the secretary from Washington National, Rob McDonald, who's the best, loved the guy's death, but he ended up taking care of John, got him to the NFL Combine and stuff, and from there, it's like it just seemed like he blossomed, and then all of a sudden, you know, he was the head barber for um, Paul Mitchell and teaching everything, and like, I, it, was, it was just cool to see him just grow and to see how big he got so fast, and um, I remember talking to a couple people when John wouldn't be in town. I they'd say, "Well, who's your normal barber?" And I'd say, "Oh, it's John Mosley." Like, "Oh, really? How do you know him?" Like, <laughs> "Man, that guy's huge." I'm like, "Oh shit, he's been cutting my hair since I was 18." Like, and you know what? That's the first time when he ever cut my hair in a barbershop. I'd never been to a 
regular barbershop, I was like a big supercut guy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. big supercut, terrible haircut, 24-7, never done. been lined up. Just in and never out. Been, never been faded, nothing. Looked like shit all the time. And, you know, just worked with the hair that I had. And then I went to John and I was like, man, I feel good about myself right now. Like, he makes me feel good. So, I don't know. He's just a great guy. I'm so happy to see him doing well. But uh, just, I, I'm just looking forward to watching him continue to grow. To, to branch off of what you're saying too, Danny, like, <clears throat> not only is – what you both are saying, he's a, definitely a people person. And he, you know, he vibes with you. It's very easy to get along with him. But that, that relationship quality of his personality that comes out, it goes to show like it's not just about the work. It's not, you know, like his work's legit and he knows how to, to do his job. And I mean, he's an artist. But that relationship that he builds and I mean, I feel like we, Seth, you and I, we, we don't know him in person, but like, I feel like, you know, if I saw him on the street, there'd be, you know, oh, a yeah. good relationship for him there. So <clears throat> that quality brought in with his work. I mean, it's very easy to see why he took advantage of what Danny's opportunity, what Danny you got him into and vibed with all those professional athletes and a dude gets to fly at a freaking work like how many people get to say oh yeah let me let me just go get my kit you know bryce harper needs his haircut which doesn't look like he's got a cut in a while but you know like just something to that extent where it's like that it's a very small amount of people that get to do that, but you don't get to do that unless you're a good person and good at your job and, you know, like have that trust in a relationship with your clients that you get to do that. And I thought that was pretty clear. Yeah. And you figure, you know, he takes, I, I would figure he, as a young child, seeing his mom work in and out of salons, like he said, kind of helped him figure out how to make that connection. You know what I mean? Probably took a ton of mental notes and, and realized what works and just saw his mom doing her thing. And, um, he figured he'd give it a try. That part was cool. And, uh, um, it was cool yeah, to just, hear him talk about his whole family, like his sister, yeah, his sister being everyone everybody. In the industry. Yeah. So rad. Um, his yeah. passion for teaching all that stuff. So really cool stuff. Um, now he gets into, you know, kind of building those relationship with that high caliber celebrity clientele that, that he tends to uh, in the back half of this interview. So we'll send it to the second half uh, with John Mosley right now. So we move things from kind of the education side to more kind of your work, your product, what you get to do hands on, um, you know, your career kickstarting. You mentioned Danny and getting started in the MLB and then just kind of domino effect from there to kind of propel your career but let's talk about that clientele list man i don't even know where to begin when you bring up celebrities professional athletes teams um anything trying to discuss your list of trying clientele past present is it's extensive and it's impressive man uh, about as impressive of a resume as as one can have but talk about that uh kendrick lamar traveling and you know touring with eminem and rihanna um, just the list goes on and on. If you want to maybe talk about some of those moments. Uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. You know? So one of my first clients was Terry Kennedy from Long Beach, the black skateboarder. Um, that was one of my first celebrity clients. Yeah. And then for everybody that like paid attention to reality TV, when it really first hit the scene, 
that TV show Celebrity Fit Club, where yeah. all the so I was the barber on that season, for a show for six seasons. And then from that, I went to Celebrity Rap Superstar. That was probably one of these worst reality TV shows ever. But hey, I got paid and they gave me another <laughs> bonus. Um, and then I went from, yeah, you know, shit, as long as it add up at the end. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then from that, I went to the movie The Comebacks with Jackie Long, that little football spoof. Yep. So. I did Trotter's Nike sign in the back of his head. So that's that. And then I went to Obsessed with Idris Elba and Beyonce. And then it just start once once you start getting into those circles, people if they if they really respect you and they really want to actually help see you grow, they make phone calls for you and they'll they'll look out for you. And so I was blessed in that situation to where I was just a good person to everybody and didn't treat them like, oh, you're a superstar. I just struck like, yo, you the homie. You know what I mean? And that's what the background I came from. And so it just started happening. And then uh, I used to cut J-Rock. Then it came Kendrick. And then I stayed with TDE for eight years. And then um, I was with M. I was with M, but I never really felt like I fit in there. Like that was that was the one time where I could say I, I didn't really fit in. I was just kind of there. And then I had an opportunity to go back to Kendrick in the studio one night. And I was like, bro, listen man, I got to get back with y'all. Like, I, I need to be back with y'all because this just, the, the, the road life that I just had with them, I didn't fit. And so when everything started popping off, my phone started ringing consistently for Kendrick. And then it was like, boom, a rocket ship. In one year, I looked at, you know, my work on the cover of Vogue, GQ, uh, New York Times, like, like every mag billboard, Rolling Stone, like, Every magazine Kendrick was on in the last past eight years were all my work. And so it was kind of, that one was like surreal because now I'm walking through these airports and I'm looking at my magazine covers in the airports. And so like one day I was able to travel with my pops and I was like, yo dad, and I raised the magazine up in the airport and I was like, your boy did this. And so it was just like, to me, those moments were were great because I learned how to be a, a better human being from working with Kendrick, just his mindset and how he treats his people and what he does and the privacy level that he keeps. I learned how to be a business person like that, you know, and I, I learned from that. But then I also learned how to be a photographer from the photographers that I worked with with him. And so it was just all these different things that I just, I looked at the opportunity and said, I'm going to soak this up like a sponge and become better at every aspect. And so that's what you see now, a product of that, every aspect of, you know, my photography to the videography side and just having that creative mindset when it comes to those certain things came definitely 100% from working so long with Kendrick. Um, and then being able to work with Danny and the Nats and then going to the Giants and then going to, you know, with Desi to the Rockies and now Trevor Story and, you know, at one point getting random text messages from Bryce about, hey, bro, can you come out and cut my hair? And I'm like, yo, yo, this is tight. You know what I mean? And then like Ice Cube and bro, it was so many. Like I, I worked with a lot of celebrities and, you know, to me, I always, one thing I always kept the perspective of is that they're human beings. So when I'm working with, when I'm working with like prime example, Trevor, I don't, I don't talk to him about baseball because that's his job. I talk to him about what makes him great. 
yeah. and, and figure out what makes him go. And so for me, it's like when I'm with Kendrick, I didn't talk about rap unless he wanted to talk about rap because that's their job. Like when you're off, you're off. You don't want to talk about shit no more. They yeah, get enough of that I was, was going to ask that because like a lot of people, I mean, barbers and, uh, you know, <clears throat> hair salons and whatnot, they have a lot of trust in who does that work for them. And I was just curious, what, what are those combos like with, with those types of people where they're so high level on whether it's sports or acting or, you know, music, whatnot, what, what do you guys talk about? Shit. You see how me and Danny was interacting. That's how it is. Like, I don't, I don't change that because I don't want them to feel like, damn, this dude is starstruck over me and right. supposed to be just cutting my hair. And the relationship between a barber and a client is so unique. Like we know pretty much everything. And so it's like, you don't want them to feel like you're a fangirl and you're going to take the opportunity when an interview come to talk about them. Like, so I always just kept it. Like I said, I, I don't, we, we friends before you're a superstar and I'm your barber. Like, I want to know you. I want to know who you are. I want to know when your kid's birthday are. I want to, I want to text you on your anniversary. I want to let you know, like, bro, you might be a superstar to everybody else, but you're just fucking Danny to me. Like, well, you're the superstar of what you're there to do as well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at the same time, like, why are you the one cutting my hair? They could be saying the same shit. You know what I mean? So I think yeah, that's rad that you, that like, beard, why, right? why are you bowing down to someone <laughs> if you're there to do it for, you know what I mean? They're trust, like, you're obviously good enough. So there's no reason to, to no, fanboy. And, and no, I think but, that's but rad lot, you take that approach. A lot yeah. of it though, too, is like you said, is that like he had, you know, relationships with a lot of these people prior to prior, them being, yeah. yeah, you know, bigger than what they, you know, became. And so, you know, like, just for example, like him and I knowing each other since I was 18 years old and then make it to the big leagues and he comes to me and he meets Ian Desmond, who's already having a great, you know, two, three years in his career, but Ian's a great guy, but he meets all these guys. And then he, you know, cutting Dusty Baker's hair, Denard Spann, you know, cutting everybody's you hair. You line up Dusty? Yeah. Oh, dude, Dusty fucking was like so... was one of my favorite guys. Dusty, <laughs> Dusty loved him. Sick. <laughs> he came out of his haircut. He's like, that's your boy? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, that's fucking awesome. He's the best haircut. We need, we bring him to LA. Bring him to LA too. Like, right. Is he yeah, chomping it, that lumber while he's getting his haircut? Oh, oh, oh. chewing on that toothpick. Always. Are they cinnamon? Probably. Like he, they got to be flavored, no, right? Like, it, oh my god. <laughs> he just oh. he throws a little, a, a little, little dip in and just puts his toothpick in. He got his wristbands on at about two o'clock. <laughs> yeah. he, he's ready to go. What do you mean? He doesn't sleep in those things, like. Oh, she. He might, he's, he's got nighttime he's, ones. Just, yeah, it's a separate set. Separate hey, set you know what's you know what's honestly crazy though. Um, and Danny will tell you this. I don't really have any pictures of me and Danny together. Uh Hey, you. They say you don't with like your truest homie. You know what I mean? Because you're always so busy enjoying the time. It's not like oh shoot, let's go to take, take a picture. That, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's more it's of the, the moment. Like you guys know everything about each. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> You got that picture in your mind now. Right. I don't really have pictures with Kendrick. The pictures wow. I got with Kendrick is either something the magazine caught and put it in that I could find on Google or um, Kendrick asked me to be in this photo. So you're you lucky I mean? Jaden's old enough is what you're saying. He wouldn't believe Pops if you're like, nah, I, no, I took care of Kendrick. <laughs> he actually has a picture with Kendrick. So Kendrick was like his all-time favorite. And before this... You know, when you could glorify, like in our age group, we glorified the drug dealers. And now these kids glorify the drug abusers. 
You know what I mean? Like, that's who they <laughs> rappers are. Like, glorified cokeheads and shit. And it's like, yo, what the hell? And that's why y'all so slow. Like, y'all look at the druggies and we looked at the hustlers. Like, got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, but my oh, son, something there, though. Yeah. My uh, son, one day, I, I took him to meet Kendrick for the first time after working with Kendrick for years. I took him to Kendrick's house and he was like, he didn't know where we was going. I just popped up and took him. And so he got a picture with Kendrick that day. And then I took him to the studio the night that Kendrick recorded love with Rihanna. And he got to meet Kendrick. He was hanging out with Kendrick again while I was cutting Kendrick up for that night in the studio. By the way, I never knew you worked with J-Rock. I'm going to need this. Oh my goodness. One of my favorite songs all time. Bruh. One of my favorite songs. I was always like, man, I would love to. to I, I didn't even know what he was doing anymore. It's the song, like my song that is in like, my top Grammy, ten songs. Grammy winner now. Yeah, J Rock is cool as shit. Like cool shit. Yeah, dude, that song all my life is. That's a sick song. Yeah, that's 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 rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so, my, my so just like a, just like a, I don't know, kind of random, but like, say Bryce Harper does hit you up, like what, what then? You, you travel to him, like you, you just hop on a plane, just cut his hair and come back home. Like, is that yeah. kind of typically how it goes, or you stay out there? Maybe if they're doing some, what it, depending on what it is, or how does that work? So like with the how it worked for me with the Rockies, mm-hmm. like it was more or less like, okay, we got a three day homestand here. And so I'll go in the first day. And so if BP was, if it's a seven o'clock game and BP was at four or like five, I would literally show up to the stadium at 12 and cut till BP. And then once BP was like after, like the Rockies had a, this was weird, but I just said, fuck it, whatever. Um, They would say, oh, you can't cut hair after BP. Where when I was working with Danny and the Nats, Shit, I could cut hair all the way up to the damn their first pitch, you know? And so that was a rule where I was like, okay, I guess I could get used to this. So I would go and I'll stay one or two days and, and cut hair in the clubhouse and then I'll take off. But now, like, if somebody called me, I'll jump on the flight. I've been, it's been plenty of times where I landed back home in Dallas and got a phone call and I literally got off the plane and turned around and went and bought another ticket to go right back out to make it. And like, um, it happened like twice. Um, me and my wife, I had just landed and, uh, we were in the airport still. And I was like, yo, let's grab some Papa Do's real quick. So we're eating at the airport and I get a phone call and it's Kendrick. They're like, yo, we got a, we got a video shoot tonight for Travis Scott's goosebump video. And I was like, okay. And they was like, yo, can you be here? Like, like call time is nine o'clock and I'm like, fuck, I'm in Dallas. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be there. And so my wife's like, what you going to do? I'm like, fucking leave my bag at the airport and then I'll just fly there. So I flew, I literally finished eating, jumped 30 minutes. The plane was boarding when I bought my ticket, turn around, jump right back on the plane, flew to LA. I landed in LA at like 7.30, 7.40, left my bag at LAX and went straight to the video shoot because I had my tools with me in my backpack. So I jumped straight in the Uber, got to the video shoot, um, boom, got there, 
cut Kendrick up, stayed for the video shoot, got back up the next morning, grabbed my bag from Lost and Found, or the little shit. Yeah. Jumped back on the plane, bro. I done did Holy that. Like- no way. Well, that was going to be my next question. Like, was there a random 3.15 in the morning? Like, hey, come cut me up. You know what I mean? Like, but that's those two right there have got to be the most kind of bizarre oh, stories. Man. But have you but been even- in some, some pretty crazy situations of like, yo, what? Like, yeah, that one, that one, and then uh, just last year, October, um, I was literally sitting at my son's football game, and I get a text message like, "Yo, uh, Chance the rapper has a video shoot tomorrow. Can't are you available?" And so I never changed my number. My number stayed a three one zero number. Still to this day, is a three one zero number for that purpose, right? And so. I was like, shit, now I'm not, now I'm like, I'm married. So I got to get permission permission to do this shit. And so I'm like, text back. Yeah, sure. I'll be there. Just send me the call time, blah, blah, blah. So I rent back in. They booked my flight and all this shit. And then I called my wife and was like, hey, babe, um, I got an awesome opportunity to go cut Chance the Rapper hair tomorrow. And she was like, well, do it. I'm like, it's in LA. And she was like, um, well, babe, you said you wanted to get back to doing a little bit more of this. She was like, so take the opportunity. I'm like, bet. But I had already had my ticket booked. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, man, but I was fucking gone regardless. Yeah. So. <laughs> but the cool thing was I flew in that morning, landed at 7 in the morning, got to set by 9, and I was back home by midnight. Wow. That's a long day. Bro, that's what you do. That's the yeah, difference no, between yeah. me and a lot of other these people, bro. Like, you gotta you, grind. That's so yeah. cool to have that extra push from a, a significant other like that, too. You know what I mean? To to kind of not limit in what you're doing. Like you said, maybe you have to run it by someone now, but if they're you know willing to let you do your thing, that's that's fucking cool. Yeah, I knew she was gonna say yeah. So yeah. it was like just one of those. You just want to let her know. Just notify. I'm going to yeah. be in L.A. <laughs> I'll be gone a couple hours. <laughs> I'll be home before dinner. I didn't say what dinner. but shit, yeah, I'm one, one <laughs> Well, damn, man. How about you? Like we talked, you're on the podcast game now. We see your sick mic. You're all dialed in, sounding great. Um, well, all of his shit, all of his, all of his clippers he uses, everything, dude. You got to follow every, all of them, man. He's got everything. It's crazy. Popular nobody. Um, explain that. Um, I'm sure it's a little bit in the name, but for anyone that's unfamiliar, explain what popular nobody is. So popular nobody is a mindset, man. It's just you do what you do because you love what you do. And that's, that's the nobody part. You don't need to be seen to be successful. And then the popular part is like a lot of people know me, know my work, but they don't know it's me. You get what I'm saying? And so it's like, I just do what I do, bro. Like I I just wake up and I'm blessed every day I wake up and I get an opportunity to do what I love every day. Yeah. Would I love to have a hell of a career playing basketball or football, but I, I, I wake up and I'm thankful for the purpose that I do have on this earth. And I think, you know, just recently I, I realized that as John Mosley, the popular nobody brand, I'm living in my purpose and I'm doing what I want to do to um, motivate and inspire and, and uplift people to let them know that, you know, you could do whatever you want to do. And the tagline for the brand is always remain a popular nobody while staying humble and hungry. And if you're humble, everybody want to work with you. And if you're hungry, you're going to go out and get shit yourself. So that's how I, that's how I looked at it. And so everything I I'm do. I'm going to go run through this fucking wall real quick. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, literally chill. Like that was, yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, that's that's so that's how that's how that's the that's the meaning behind the brand. And now with this, you know, everybody's like in these times because I caught some heat. No lie about me having this silverback gorilla as like a, a secondary logo for the brand, but I'm like the it represents me so well. And what I mean by that is that the gorilla gets such a the silverback gets such a negative outlook because he's a he looks aggressive or you know he sounds aggressive but at the end of the day he's a fucking vegetarian like he just chills and he protects his pack like he doesn't want to hurt nobody he just wants to be a successful leader a powerful leader but make sure he takes the proper steps in leadership when he does it and so um i i just put an image on my instagram where it was half me and then the other half was the silverback gorilla. And people was like, how can you post that in these times? And I'm like, man, get to know your animals. Watch a little National Geographic and learn the facts about this animal before you state and think I'm trying to be negative in there. And then so one of my team members, so I have a team of artists that work with me. Um, and so one of the team members, his name is uh, Dre. And he was like, bro, we got to come up with a name for the gorilla. So we turned around and we have throwing names, throwing names, and then we came with Atlas the Ape. And the Atlas stands for appreciation, uh, tenacity, love, um, attitude, and sacrifice. Those are the words, that, the acronym for Atlas that I feel like those are the things that I have to do and those are the things that I had to be in order to be who I am. And so we, we adopted the name Atlas the Ape, and that's, that's the name of it. Love I love that all of your all of your shit has that sentimental meaning and that that message behind it. I freaking love that. Yeah, bro, you got to you got to have purpose with everything you do, and I think um, that's the problem with a lot of people right now. Man, they don't have no fucking purpose. They don't have, and if they do have it, they don't know they have it because they're too busy doing other stupid shit to realize their purpose. And so for me, that the gorilla is nothing but a mindset, and it's an image that shows the mindset. And if you get to know this this person you'll understand why that gorilla fits so well yeah damn that's well, powerful shit. man that's hey, so cool talk about a little bit about i guess like where can like where can we find your brand like what clippers we you know what do you use what i mean tell we us see the hat we I see have, the shirt i yeah I, and I have an idea that your big sponsors and stuff like you you know the, the companies you used to wear i don't even know are you still using andis i knew you were big in andis yeah, that's that's all I use. There you I go. I don't use nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shout I don't, I, yeah, shout out Andis for always making sure I keep my clients on point. Shameless yes. plug. <laughs> the only guy. I'll tell you this. I remember when I got lined up, um, he never, when he was young, he didn't use a razor. You know uh -huh. what I mean? That's, I, the line gets deeper every, like, four <laughs> days, but he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but um he uh, he all the all these are on youtube if anyone needs to go check out the video <laughs> portion <laughs> so he never used a razor i remember the first time i brought him in they were like yo like does he line up with the razor i was like no i was like bro i was like this guy's got the sharpest tools in the world i was like he doesn't need a razor and he came in he lined everyone up with the razor and it was i mean it's the same what care he takes with his equipment he didn't even have to use a fucking razor, dude. Yeah, it's, un it's unbelievable. Yeah, and people would think they'd be like, "Yo, you use a razor?" I'm like, "Not really." 
Like, it, yeah. I'll do it. But I had got to the point, no lie, where I was pump faking people. Like, I line them up with my edgers, and then I'll take the razor with no blade in it and hit it. And they'll be like, yeah, this is perfect. I'm like, that's crazy. I, didn't... <laughs> I guess that's how you know you've made it. Like, people are literally like, I don't know, but he did it, so I'm going to trust it. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and honestly, like, too, like, shout out to Andis, but I definitely have a, to definitely give a big shout out to Paul Mitchell for trusting and believing in the process of working with me and getting to know that I'm going to represent their brand to the best of my ability and, and always keep a positive outlook, but also keep a professional image. And so I've been awarded two years in a row, the brand ambassador for their new product Maverick. So if y'all need some, yeah, Maverick, you're you're the know. Face, there you're we the go. Face product, right? Yeah. You see this face, man. They yeah. made you have <laughs> <laughs> they better they better lock you down i tell you what everyone's yeah, coming after you they, i think they're ready to say yes to the dress you know what i mean yeah, they better, <laughs> they better. Shoot. Nah, honestly like i can't be more happy with working for them they've given me an opportunity to have a voice and have a, a opportunity a voice and an opportunity to show other people that no matter what color your skin is as long as you do what you're supposed to do and represent professionally you could get into any door. It's just how you stay stay in the door. That's what it's about, man. Again, so true. Taking advantage of opportunities for sure. Yeah, so, you gave me that. So on that note, too, you know, like there's DJs and there's other other lines of business that they have their own product line, right? Yes, you got your own your own clippers or your own uh, your own tool set or you know <laughs> your own travel bag or something for on the go. So I definitely created a barber case that I used to carry around a gold black and gold joint that had popped and nobody on it. I sold the idea to somebody else so I could just get residuals off of it instead of having to work. Yeah. On it. Um, so I get a residual check for, for uh, that piece of tool. I have my own comb set, like my own signature line of combs. Um, but then I, I started going into more of, and this was something that I learned with like Kendrick. You want to make more money off your merch than what you do for your actual job when you're in, at an event. And so with that mindset, I start coming out with hats and then I started doing the shirts and just the small little things, the capes. And so as I started building this brand and having an awesome team of people around me supporting it, other people, other people around the world is like, yo, how can I get my hands on this? How can I get my hands on that? And then this year during COVID, I said, you know what? It's time to do some vertical integration. And so I went and got a vinyl cutter and now I cut my own vinyl and I got my own heat press machine. And now I, I heat press and cut my own vinyls right here in my office. There's just nothing you can't freaking do. That's nah, crazy, man. Vertical integration, man. You want to make sure that you keep as much money in-house. To, to the, best, the biggest ROI is family business. Wow. I'll, I'll second that. Yeah. I, I see yeah. that. Yeah, that's sure. the biggest ROI. So, and if you could vertically integrate and keep as much of it in without having to send it out. Yeah, yeah. So when I was paying, like, think about it. If you, the shirt you're wearing, you might've spent, you know, $20, $30 on, right? Even though it's a t-shirt, it's got Nike on it, right? Just yeah. a regular old print under armor. That's a vinyl <laughs> cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a vinyl cut under armor, right. vinyl cut. That small thing you pay $30 for, right? Yep. But now under armor only paid $2 for that fucking shirt. Right, right. So, oh, no, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I was I was in the tech accessory business for freaking the last ten years. I know how that shit works. Making a phone case that goes out there and sells for you know fifty bucks. I know how much that shit costs. Yeah, it's not 
not fifty dollars. Was it forty five dollars? <laughs> it wasn't even forty five. So <laughs> trust me, I, I hear you there. Yeah, so that's so that's that's basically how you know I'm I'm learning to manage and run business a little different than before and not your norm, but. I learned how to do like I learned how to do my own videos, my own podcast stuff. I got an engineer that does my sound for me after I'm done recording, but that's all in house. I keep that in house, and then uh, video equipment. I got top of the line cameras, so I do like I started my own popular nobody production so that I could own the rights to everything that I put out. That's sick. Yeah, it's so smart. Like that's that. so cool. Hell yeah! Listen, well, where Seth, can Seth? Are you listening? I'm listening, dude. I'm, I mean, I'm taking goddamn out. notes, dude. Figure I'm like, I'm trying to take notes, man. Like, this is a lot of pressure. Slacking. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. man. You letting a barber fucking beat you? Get over. Straight get up, beat. like demolish. Um, but where can where can people see this stuff, man? Like, where can people find you? Your Instagram has God knows how many thousand followers. Um, right, you have I your website. Support. You have all that. So, so where can people find you, man? So my Instagram is at popular underscore nobody uh i also got a nobody way i started my own foundation with my wife called the nobody way foundation because i think sending kids to school to make to get a job that is not really there but they're paying college debt until they're fucking 40 is so overrated and so me and my wife wanted to start a foundation so we started the nobody way foundation to help people get into a trade school and so beauty barbers starting out first but then even more um, so we're building that out, the Nobody Way Foundation on Instagram. Um, my my website is www.thepopularnobody.com for those vernacular specialists, thepopularnobody.com. And then uh, the foundation website is www.nobodyway.com. So the Instagram is no is just Nobody Way? It's the Nobody Way Foundation or thenobodyway.com. Your website, I'm sure, has all your merch on there because uh, I'm looking at that hat. I need one. I'm a big hat guy. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah. You, you, to be honest, you're going to like the other hat. You're going to like the other hat. That's pretty. Is it on there? Yeah, the, the new hat is on there. It's, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's more block letter, puffed, raised, PN, but it's not scripted like this. Yeah, you said puffed. that's like an OG one, right? Yeah, this is like originals, but I still know who got them. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you just got to know the right people. That's all. Yeah, man. You got to talk to the right person that could, I could possibly find one around. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. Well, before we let you go, I had one last question. Who the yeah. hell, who cuts your hair? Who trims you? Like, who has that pressure job of having to take care of you? Um, if I take my hat off, you'll laugh because my wife twists my hair. But, really? Uh, yeah, my hair is horrible right now, bro. Like, I get a haircut I, like every three months. I just make sure my beard yeah. neat. That's why I branded myself with a hat so I could hey, just. Hey, hey, Dude, I, I like that. I don't think I've been in a podcast without a hat on. I, I that's haven't. my comfort zone is, <laughs> Maybe. is wearing no. a hat. I got this yeah. mop top thing going on justin bieber up top shirt on yeah we're trying to find him i put it on i was like damn it (laughs) i always stress about what to wear in these goddamn podcasts dude um i wear whatever the hell i got on you saw me the other day i was wearing a tank top (laughs) yeah hey well if i had the pipes i'd share it off if i had the pipes but (laughs) well shoot anyone else anything before we uh let john go 
So Danny, the, uh, the foundation Instagram is nobody underscore way underscore foundation. Okay. Okay. That's what that was it was. I was. Nobody underscore way underscore foundation. But the website okay. is nobodyway.com. Perfect. Nobody underscore. Yeah, I was on there earlier. It was pretty cool. Clean site. Easy. Which one? You was on the, the popular nobody one or the nobody? The popular way? nobody. I didn't know about this one. Yeah, I keep, I keep it a secret because I'm waiting on the last piece of paperwork. Yeah. Um, and once that's, then I'll really blast it. But I've been blasting a little bit and I got some companies that want to support heavy. Um, so there you go. That's, that's all that really about. A couple people. <laughs> yeah, that's there it, it right there, big dog. Shoo! Nobody Check it out. Check it out. I'm about to awesome. change the YouTube video. Pretty awesome. Check it pretty, out. It's pretty awesome that you guys are doing that for for uh, the um, for trade school. I mean, that's you don't hear about that anymore. Everyone goes to college, and that you guys are doing trade school like that. That's something that country needs so bad, and it's so awesome that you guys are helping people do that. Yeah, Especially bro. with all the COVID stuff that happened, like the trades were the ones that were keeping going, you know, like we're considered uh, essential people. Exactly. And I think a lot of people, our trade people run so. our country. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's exactly what I said. I said, everybody that has a barber or cosmetologist license is actually an entrepreneur and America is built off of entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, 100%. yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, I want to say thank you for coming on. I know we've been friends for fucking forever now, but you came. I asked you like yesterday, and you're like, "Hell yeah, let's do it." So, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, miss you. Wish I could see you more, but <laughs> happy. I'm happy with everything you're doing for yourself, for your family, man. I'm happy for you, man. Thanks for asking me because, like, I was literally like, I'm a. I asked Danny to jump on my podcast. And then it, <laughs> like, I go to open my phone and he's like, bro, you want to hop on this podcast? I'm like, oh, shit. Like we said, <laughs> meant to be. Meant to be, man. Uh, so, man, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't thank you enough for even still giving me opportunities when you don't have to, when you gave me the biggest opportunity that uh, one can ask for, man. And, and so I, I thank you. And now I'm going to just say... We got to return the favor, and you got to come visit the Apex Podcast, boy. Right, there it I'm is. Right, so that's the podcast, Apex Podcast. You on Apex Spotify, podcast. Apple, everything? Streaming on all major platforms. Of course. And we and we talk we talk everything, man. It's just not like oh, because I'm a barber, I'm gonna talk to barbers and hairstylists only. I want to talk to people because everybody got a story. Yep, love it. Oh, that's yeah. what we're trying awesome. to do, man. There's so many out there like yours that need to get spread and and let people know you're the man. Uh, for joining us and doing this yeah. uh, nothing but success moving forward man look forward to seeing your cuts when i'm traveling through the airport or turning on a tv or any of the anybody that's anybody uh, <laughs> that you're cutting up these days man it's awesome i'm just gonna assume that he did it yeah i'm gonna show everyone that he did well. for sure you might as well there's a good it, chance yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hell yeah well thanks again john we really appreciate it have a good uh, one stay cool out it. there in texas yeah. or try yeah, to thank you thank you <laughs> thanks john See ya. all right man. Yeah. Better, john. so that concludes the interview there with john mosley of popular nobody um, so cool to hear him build those kind of relationships with people that maybe the normal um, realm of people like myself or whoever else seeing these type of you know celebrities who we would maybe be starstruck around. He kind of finds a unique way to become just friends with them. 
um, doesn't need to be with them and talk about their job. He can talk about more so life, interests, kids. You know, he brings all that stuff up and wanting to build that personal relationship with someone that, that is, is a huge celebrity to other people is just another person for him to interact with and build a relationship with. And it all kind of builds into his brand, Popular Nobody. Uh, you hear him say, it's a mindset. You do what you do because you love what you do. You don't, you don't need to be seen to be successful. Um, strong words from a strong man uh, talking about needing purpose in everything you do. Um, I found it very valuable. I think you guys did as well. Yeah, I think it all connects back to kind of how we started and wanted to talk about this show in the sense of like his grind, right? What he went through his grind and a long time of just grinding to get through shit. And then he just kind of hit the right door that got him into one door. But I wasn't why he was successful. I got him into one door. You know what I mean? And the popular nobody to me, it always kind of sat with me is that like, he would he his like his work's popular, what he does, like he was popular to the crowd that knew him, but nobody knew him and he wasn't outspoken about it or loud about it. He just kept his head down and grinded. So like to me it was like he's a big deal, but nobody knows it. Nobody you would never know that from who he is because he doesn't act that way and he just grinds to get better and be more successful all the time. Yeah, and, and Danny, like what we had talked about before too, like we we each have our own uh, interpretation of popular nobody, and right. they're all they all kind of go back to the same thing. But they all, you know, each of our minds kind of formulate a different opinion about it. And like what you're saying, I I was kind of on that page, but I took it as like, yeah, that behind the scenes popular nobody, all of his art and his work and everything is out there. But, but they don't know, or, you know, people don't know it's him. He doesn't need that though. I mean, the popular, yeah, he's popular in the sense of check, you know, people, everybody knows, but nobody knows what's behind the curtain type thing. But exactly. So like when he brings up, you're walking through the airport and you see Kendrick Lamar on the cover of the magazine. I never once am thinking, man, who does his hair? So to now know is like holy shit where else am i seeing that and not knowing it you know what but i mean the people yeah, that want he, to know right. they know no, they find out exactly they know and they find right. out and he doesn't need his signature and his brand blasted everywhere and i love that about about his humbleness you know like yeah, he's very yeah humble I, like, about, I liked how he told that story about going through the airport and he was like telling was it his dad yeah i think he was his dad, dad too his dad, and so, he was yeah. like he was like you see that cover you see that cover you see that cover i cut all the hair for those covers for that shoot yeah yeah that's I, so I that cool yeah. And that's why we wanted to do this, man. This is why we didn't want to just do sports or just do baseball or just do this. That is because who would have thought that I would be to, or G, you know what I mean? Have someone that I, we had no clue about and to be able to share such a unique story for someone that, you know, in a, a field that we might not know, he's huge for other people. You know what I mean? I would have so never cool to guessed get to know that, 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 you know the guy that traveled with Eminem and Rihanna's tour, doing all their hair, is the same guy going through the freaking clubhouses of Major League Baseball, giving them all their look. You know, like this stuff now, like that. And go ahead, Danny. No, and, and what, what what's cool is that like everything that like 
he's done and all the people that that he has helped with their hair and everything like he makes them feel good and that's why they go back to him yes he cuts great hair but think about when you get a fresh haircut right how do you feel like yeah. you know when you're going out to dinner with your wife or you've got a new date and you get a fresh cut like you have somebody like him that makes you feel like damn i'm i'm good right now like I'm the best I can be right now. And that's what he, he gives you that sense of like confidence and feeling Builds good. And up. I was part of, that's part of baseball. I'm sorry. That's part of it. Like you feel good. Oh, you play good. 100%. Yeah. Yep. You're yeah. right. Yeah. No, it was cool stuff. He also has this podcast. Check it out. Apex uh, podcast, but be sure to find him, uh, Popular Nobody, on Instagram. He's got a website as well. Uh, he's all over the place, but that does it. Episode 14, now in the books. A reminder, join us hats. next week, uh, Tuesday, uh, for episode 15 of Connected by Scenes podcast. We'll have more updates on our NBA playoff selections and much more. Don't forget if to find playing. us on Instagram, CBS underscore podcast, on Twitter at CBS Pods. Uh, follow, subscribe, rate, review, do it all. Find us on YouTube. Um, we're everywhere. We hope you guys enjoyed another episode. But that does it for us here at CBS Podcast. Danny, Garrett, I'm Seth. Thanks for listening from wherever you may have. Catch you all on the flip side. Peace. <laughs>